I don't think anyone's really slept on crypto, even during this downturn. I think we've only seen investment. We've seen more interest and more activity. And quite frankly, the builders are building and are not necessarily eyeing towards the market, but more about how do we deliver as much value as possible longer term. Hey, everybody. Tanner here with Wagme Ventures. On today's episode, we have Raj Parekh, co-founder and CEO at Portal. For anyone who's new, this is the Wagme Ventures podcast, where we do snapshots with interesting founders from across Web3. Check out wagmeventures.io to learn more about the syndicate behind the podcast. But for now, let's get into it with Raj at Portal. All right. Hey, everybody. I'm here today with Raj Parekh, co-founder and CEO at Portal. Raj, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Tanner. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm really excited we could make this work. So, just here to start, could you tell us a little bit about your sort of professional journey and what really brought you to kind of founding and getting started launching Portal? Yeah, my journey started honestly around curiosity and fascination around cybersecurity and payments. I started my career at Visa, the large payment network. And at Visa, I was you know helping banks and fintechs solve issues around breaches, hacks, exploits, and kind of fell into the intersection of payments and security where crypto honestly sits. I went deep down the crypto rabbit hole, just being in the intersection of these two worlds and became obsessed with crypto ever since. That led me to become one of the founding members of Visa Crypto, where I was leading crypto products for about three years. I happened to know, you know more than most folks at Visa around crypto and became obsessed with the technology itself, where when we had partners that would reach out to Visa, I would naturally be the person that would have those conversations. Ultimately at Visa, I launched a few products. One, the first USDC settlement treasury product in the market where Visa can settle directly in stable coins to partners. And then also led a number of functions from the BD partnerships, legal, regulatory, and kind of fortunately had a bird's eye view of the entire crypto ecosystem from interacting with protocols all the way to central banks and regulators. So that's a little bit about me. I'm happy to dig into it further. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, could you just set the stage a little bit for the problem or problems that Portal was sort of early on designed to solve and kind of looking at? And then also just tell us what is Portal kind of in its totality in your own words? What are you guys building there? Yeah, I think one of the main things that I saw as a gap within the ecosystem when I was at Visa was we were, I was interacting with a lot of exchanges, fintechs, and consumer platforms that were building infrastructure using, you know, old systems that wasn't really configurable for applications, protocols, NFTs, DeFi, gaming, and more. As over the last couple of years, we saw DeFi summer, we saw NFTs, we saw all these different waves in the Web3 space. And quite frankly, the infrastructure has not caught up to it. And so that that became a problem that just kept hitting me in the face. And it felt like the opportunity to build more modular, configurable, composable infrastructure versus the monolithic infrastructure that we've had to date. Um, and that's what led me to, you know, to ultimately build out Portal was really focused on how do we make these consumer platforms and businesses more effective and not just offering trading and as a type of product, but start to offer access to games, protocols, NFTs, and more to start to enable the full power of, of Web3 and what we see today. Very cool. So I want to touch on aspects of a lot of what you just said here coming up. But you know, one thing that caught my eye as I was kind of looking into Portal was you tweeted something I actually agree with kind of on my end, where you had said, basically, users don't necessarily care 
often how the underlying technology works as long as it really delivers value. And you state that, you know, we're building Portal to be the infra layer to unlock blockchains to power everyday payments without users needing to care how it works. I actually really appreciate some of the honesty in that statement. And so I, I'm curious, could you just unpack what you meant by this quote and kind of, you know, where do you think you guys are in the development cycle and being able to actually deliver that value or really to deliver that experience to users? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's something that I, I think about quite a bit. And, and honestly, a lot of it stemmed from my time at Visa. I saw just like the inner workings of a massive network that's been globally scaled out across multiple regions. But when you talk to a cardholder of Visa, they swipe their card every single day but can't really tell you how it works. All they know is that the transaction's been completed, they received that good or service, and now their bank account is you know, debiting the amount that they owe to that merchant also, and everything works seamlessly. And as we start to you know, make you know, Web3 more mainstream and more accessible, we're gonna to start to see a very similar paradigm with users where they won't know that it's a blockchain that's actually settling that transaction or that they're interacting with crypto, so to speak, all they're realizing is that we're, they're delivered immense value from the various use cases, whether it's financial, whether it's loyalty, whether it's payments, and it all might just be settled over a blockchain. And I think one of the unique things that Visa did was it built all this infrastructure around Fedwire, ACH, Swift to manage the clearing and settlement of everyday payments with these settlement networks. And I think the blockchains is effectively a 100x better settlement network than what we've seen historically today. It's global, it's permissionless, it's open source, and it's directly accessible by, by more folks, which effectively democratizes access to the ecosystem itself. But I think today what's missing is the infrastructure to really support and to really harness the potential of blockchains, given the complexity that we've seen so far. And I think the whole scheme of things, blockchains have only been around for about 14 years. And so it's still very early in the development cycle. But I think you know part of the infrastructure we're building on Portal could hopefully help accelerate the adoption of blockchains and make it more consumable for users also. Very cool. So, you know, just diving in somewhat on the technical aspects, you know, multi-party computation and account abstraction, both are kind of poised to be two key pillars for further growth in Web3. Can you talk a little bit about Portal's usage of MPC and account abstraction and really like where do you see the technologies headed in the future? Yeah, I think, you know, I think overall, what it all ultimately, I think, boils down to is keys. And there's key management on the MPC side, and there's a kind of abstraction that enables a number of different opportunities also. And just as a quick refresher, multi-party computation is a field of cryptography that allows you to take a specific key, spread it across multiple parties, and then perform signatures and execution. While account abstraction is a, a you know, new up-and-coming EIP and proposal by the Ethereum community to then allow you to originate signatures from pass keys, from secure enclaves, from a, a many different sources outside of just EOAs that perform signatures on chain. And both technologies have the ability to really streamline the user experience and hopefully you know, move away from a world where it's seed phrases and mnemonics, but it's simply a user logging in, conducting signatures based on the accounts that they have today too. And I think at Portal, what we've ultimately realized is that you know, both these technologies are one, very complementary, and then also have a number of different use cases and purposes themselves. A lot of our enterprise customers love MPC because it's scalable, it's much more cost-effective. It doesn't require you to spend dollars to then deploy something on-chain. You can spin up a wallet and have it multi-chain almost immediately, especially if you have millions of users like some of our customers do. And account abstraction is really awesome where it creates a lot of on-chain customization 
where there's DAS subsidization, there's session keys, and there's a number of other nuanced technological opportunities that are kind of abstraction also from user experience, such as having a user log in through just their email. And so I think for us at Portal, we like to stay unopinionated at the at that core layer and really focus on what do our customers effectively want based on the use cases that they want to power for their users also. Love it. So I'm curious about those use cases, like for Portal's adoption, how are you seeing it, you know, what you guys have built, used most, and really like what's most exciting to you about kind of the future of usage of Portal's offerings? Yeah, I would say a couple of things. One, I mean, I think we're seeing all sorts of interesting use cases. And the goal at Portal is that we like to be composable and modular. And so it allows, it really builds the building blocks for our customers to kind of pick and choose their own venture. So we have a number of customers that are thinking about, you know, full Web3 access, the DeFi to NFTs and more leveraging our infrastructure, and then having some guardrails using our security firewall. And a lot of it's because a lot of our customers, especially the exchanges and fintechs, believe that most of their business will be shifted from custodial over to non-custodial longer term. And so it's important to start to offer access to all these applications and protocols in a really secure environment for their existing users. And then we also have use cases that like P2P, which is very basic, where a you know, we have a customer called Vibe that is doing P2P payments in a Venmo type of social experience. It doesn't feel like crypto at all when you use Vibe. You log in, you put your phone number, and you're ready to go and start to send money globally, all leveraging blockchain settlement networks. So there's just a few examples. And now we're starting to see consumer brands think about loyalty a bit more. We're thinking about folks that are a lot larger thinking about crypto payouts and reconciliation around QuickBooks, especially leveraging stablecoins. And so we're starting to see you know, more of the onion getting peeled in Web3 just by leveraging some of the building blocks that we have today too. Very cool. You know, so the past few weeks, it's been big for sort of TradFi Web3 adoption with obviously news from BlackRock and Fidelity and Citadel, et cetera, kind of a lot of folks announcing plans to dip their toes further into Web3. And I'm curious, as someone who comes from sort of that more traditional company background, how do you see some of this, some of this activity and really what's your view on the adoption and what do you think it means for the industry? Yeah, I think the exciting part, and especially, you know, having a, you know, a bird's eye view of Visa is that. Traditional companies have been experimenting, exploring crypto for a very long time. And so a lot of what we see today is a culmination of a lot of hard work across these organizations to then start to you know, put in their proposals for ETFs, start to unveil their products around crypto, and start to have a meaningful push. And so I think of this as a very natural evolution of a lot of the experimentation, the hard work a lot of these traditional firms are doing. I don't think anyone's really slept on crypto, even during this downturn. I think we've always seen investment, we've seen more interest and more activity. And quite frankly, the builders are building and are not necessarily you know, eyeing towards the market, but more about how do we deliver as much value as possible longer term, which I think when it comes to any types of you know, technological evolutions, it's about the long game, not about the you know, six to nine month downturn that we're experiencing today. Very interesting. Yeah. So, you know, I'm curious, back at the beginning, how did you, and this is actually a question I've kind of come to just start asking basically everyone that comes on the show, because I think it's interesting to people. The question would be, how did you think about differentiation for Portal and how has that evolved over time, you know, especially during the bear market? But I'm just curious about that differentiation piece. Were competitors on your mind? How did you sort of position yourself differently and what you were building, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it ultimately comes down to, I think we look inward first of like, what are the core principles that we want to you know lean on as we're building the company? 
And it really came down to three S's for us. We wanted to be the most simple integration, secure, uh, and speed. We want to be the fastest as well. So I think those are the three tenants that we think about internally from a strategy perspective. And so it's less about what competitors are working on and what they're doing. It's like, how do we double down on simplicity, security, and speed? And what we found is that as we start to continue to hone in on you know, those three focus areas, we naturally start to work with customers that are recognizing that. And we've gotten great feedback, like you know, your developer docs were fantastic, or the integration was really fast. And it's not a surprise to us because those are tenants that we lean on as a company also. So I think differentiation is important. It's important to pay attention to competitors, but it's also just as important to like look inward of like what are your core tenants for your strategy and then continue to invest in your company and your team accordingly also. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so you know, one thing that is also really interesting that I really appreciate about getting to do this podcast is, you know, everyone that comes on is in a different part of the space. There's different perspectives and different experience that I think are edifying and interesting to listeners. And one particular part of what I think is interesting is, you know, everyone has a different sense for kind of what the frontier looks like and what's to come, basically. So if I were to ask you, you know, where's the frontiers that perhaps we're not aware of without your vantage point? You know, what are you seeing as the future around what you're building? What would you comment on that as? Yeah, and it's a big question. I think a couple of areas that I find to be super fascinating is one, I think it starts with the basics. I think using the you know sign in with your wallet or connect your wallet experience is probably one of the best UX changes that we've seen with crypto. We all know passwords are clunky or difficult. People often forget. And I think the connect a wallet flow and what you see with folks like dynamic enabling is going to become ubiquitous across not just Web3 applications, but all applications, broadly speaking. Um, I think we'll also start to see the wallet become the passport for the internet. And similar to how we use you know, Apple Pay to have our cards and now like even like our transit cards, like our, our subway passes, we'll start to see the wallet consolidate our identity, data, along with our value as well. And so those are, I think, a couple of key basic tenants. And then I think also we start to see the proliferation of protocols powering a lot of the next frontier of the internet. And this is all going to be powered by blockchains and smart contracts. Um, and it's a similar shift in paradigm and phase of the internet, like we've seen with HTTP or TLS and all these internet protocols. We're going to start to see more of these protocols kind of move into the background a bit more, but powering a lot of immense value. And to give you an example, today when you're you know, making a doing transaction on Visa, there's a treasury operation underneath the hood that's converting euros to, to pounds, to dollars. And it's actually a team and, and a reconciliation system that's actually doing all of it. In the future, a lot of this could all be powered by protocols like Uniswap, where it's all automated, it's all completely governed by protocols. Users are now receiving the assets that they're looking for, while the sender is also interested in the currency that they're interested in sending out as well. And so that's, I think, just a couple of glimpses to what we're seeing. And I think overall, we'll start to see more and more value take place over blockchain settlement networks for cross-border payments and even everyday payments also. Love it. Super interesting. So, you know, maybe a few last questions here. I'm curious, what were one or two, you know, back around the founding, like what were one or two of some of the earliest challenges at Portal? And how did you and your team think about solving for those challenges? Yeah, I would say a lot of it comes down to R&D, like one, do people even care about what we're building? When you're so early in building a company, 
you have a hypothesis, you have a thesis, you're constantly talking to customers. And so sometimes you have this initial feeling like, why does what I'm building matter? And I think the way you solve for that is talking to as many customers as possible and iterating. And so we were fortunate to have a number of early design partners that worked with us where the first version of Portal wasn't that great, but we continued to iterate and start to get more feedback and start to build in a direction that our customers are ultimately interested in. And we also built it with a wide variety of design partners so that we weren't you know, pigeonholing ourselves in like one direction or another. So I think that's one of the key like initial feelings that any founder has is, you know, why does what I'm building matter? And I think you solve for that just by talking to as many customers and iterating super, super fast by having a number of mini experimentations also. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so, you know, another recurring question on this podcast, if I were to say the future of crypto is blank, how would you fill in the blank for kind of the space most broadly construed? Oh man, I have to think about this one. The future of crypto, I think is ubiquitous, is the term that I would use. It will sit behind the scenes and it will operate at insane scales and almost, you know, just be invisible to the user but we'll actually be powering a lot of the activity longer term. So I'm excited for a world where we start to see you know, blockchains really take over and become a key part of our everyday experience without even users recognizing it also. Love it. Okay, so taking a step back, what advice for founders would you have? And especially kind of inflecting, you know, if you could go back and kind of give advice to yourself at the beginning of your founder journey, what kind of advice would you want to impart to yourself? Yeah, I would say a couple things. One, I would say just continue to do it. I mean, just build. Um, oftentimes, you know, as founders, you can get stuck in your head. You can get stuck with the narrative of, you know, what's happening in the market. I think ultimately, in order to found a company, it starts with yourself internally and having core conviction that your thesis is correct. And your job is to then have as many experiments as possible to prove either you are wrong or prove that you're correct. And I think the best thing you can do, and like this is where like I think of the just like the laws of energy, is that you know energy makes energy. So constantly move, constantly hustle, constantly ask you know for intros, talk to customers, and then to take that feedback from the market and build. And eventually, you'll come to your conclusion if you're you know building in the right direction or you're building in the wrong direction. Also, so it just really comes down to just building and just having your energy create more energy around you for your business too. Love it. Raj, what's your team working on right now? And what's the best way for people to follow along on the journey? Yeah, we are building pretty you know, complicated but important infrastructure for many large enterprises, stemming from the MPC smart contract layer to security to then having a configurable app store accessing protocols and applications. We are we're scaling to some of our larger customers at the moment too. And we're just, you know, excited to just continue to be building in this space. And if you want to follow progress with portal you could follow me on twitter i'm at raj Barek underscore or portalhq.io. those are fantastic places to, to keep tabs on us perfect raj thank you so much for the time this is really fascinating and i'm really excited to continue watching the journey so have a great rest of your week here and take care awesome thanks for having me tanner bye bye bye